All right, I'm talking to uh, Ross from Cosmic Psychos. How are you going, Ross? Yeah, good, mate. You're coming up to the hills pretty soon? Certainly are, a couple of weeks. Yep, and uh, you haven't played Tookie Lounge before, though? No, I don't think so. Was it ever called anything else? It used to be called Rubies. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Wouldn't, couldn't remember. Oh, it'll be good fun. I mean, we haven't, we haven't sort of played that end of that end of town for a long, long time. So I did see you guys down at uh, Frankston a couple of years back with the uh, Celebrate Rifles. Yeah, it's going back. It'd be going back 10 years, wouldn't it? I might have been. Oh, yeah, probably around about that time. I actually, uh, my wife even came along with me, who doesn't like that kind of music, and she was blown away. She's now a Cosmic Psychos fan, and she's coming with me to see you guys when you play locally. How's oh, that? That's perfect. You won I, over her. I don't like that kind heart. of music either, so it's perfect. <laughs> I also noticed that L7 are coming out pretty soon. Are you uh, planning to have any shows with those guys? Look, I have no idea at the, at the moment, but we'll, we'll, look, we'll catch up with them because they're good mates of ours. So we last had a few drinks with them over in um, the States when we were over there last. I think there was rumours when we hooked up with them in, in LA when we played a gig there, they all come along, except for Susie. She was doing something else. But yeah, it was the first time they'd been together for a while and they were. we had a few drinks with them afterwards and had a good, really good night and there was sort of little murmurings around there that we picked up on a few bits and pieces that they might start playing again, which is fantastic. Well, I reckon that'll be a terrific show as well. I'm surprised they haven't uh, roped in as, the, uh, as their double headline. Well, I don't think we'll go double headliner there, but look, we're good mates, and if they ask us to play, I'm sure we'd play to just hang out. And if we don't play with them, it doesn't matter. We'll be hanging out, having a couple of drinks anyway. And up at the farm, or? Yeah, well, I'll come down. I'll definitely come down and, and watch them down in town. That'll be fine, and I'm sure they'll be up the farm. They've been up there before, and they'll. Um, I would assume they'll come up for a for a barbie and a bit of a dag around again when they're in town. As you do. Yeah. And um, you played recently with Clutch as well. How was that all? Great, great bunch of blokes. Fantastic. So, did you know them before you were put on the um, on the bill with them? Yeah, we were asked. We knew about it months and months and months ago. And oh, look, I don't know if we were asked to be put on the bill. We definitely asked if we wanted to do the shows, and we sort of said, "Yep, no worries." And a great bunch of blokes, great crew, great band. They were fantastic. Got along, got along really well with them. They were, they were awesome. I also saw you in the last year with the Dune Rats. That was a fun tour. Those guys are pretty out there, aren't they? That was like dirty old men playing with dirty young men. <laughs> well, I'm not going to write that down because it's not going to look right in print. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you have any? Uh, did you have any senior moments there with the uh, with the June Rats? No, it was fantastic. I, I really hadn't heard much of the June Rats when I heard we were doing a, a tour with them. Someone had teed it up. They, I think we used the same booking agent or something. And I don't look at computers or Facebook thingies or anything like that. And yeah, you know, to tell you the truth. If I hadn't heard of them, and then I was told to have a look at a few a few clips and stuff, and I saw what they were up to, and I thought, sure, it looks like a young psychos in in not in the music situation, but their behaviour, perhaps not all their behaviour, perhaps. Anyway, it was fun. It was really fun. We we actually got along like a house on fire, and I can proudly say that they're three of me three of me best mates. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, they're fantastic. They look. I loved it. what what they what I enjoyed about them. Apart from being really good blokes, is the way they um, they've got this certain feel on on when they're on stage, and the the crowd loves it. And they just there's no good or bad June Rat show. It's a June Rat show. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be matter what they do on stage. That was they they sort of just ooze this kind of you know entertainment. There's and, a lot to be said for bands who don't take themselves too seriously, isn't there? Yeah, and look, those guys are great because they, look, they're very look, they're very keen on what they do. But shit, they love life. Yeah, they really do. And that's that's what I really 
you know, it was a, a real feel-good tour because I just love watching... Oh, look, we didn't live in each other's pockets. We certainly caught up every day for a drink and they went and did what they wanted to do and we did what we wanted to do. But, um, no, I love the guys. They're fantastic. Did it sort of take you back a bit to uh, your early days in music? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of ourselves in a lot of what they were... Not everything they were doing, of course, but... Um, in, no, it was it was like hanging around with those guys. It was like you know partying hard, and, and that's what we used to do, you know, thirty years ago. So when you first got started, I was just thinking to myself, you know, when Ross Knight was uh, like a teenager, and you were miming songs in front of the mirror with a hairbrush, or playing the old, you know, the old tennis racket air guitar. Mm-hmm. What sort of stuff were you doing that to? Oh, um, well, it would have started off as probably before I was. I think my first long play. I'm saying about grade three or four, I was doing air guitar to Slade. Oh, good. got to love the Slade. Yeah, and uh, then sort of progressed through to Akadaka, early Akadaka. Uh, sweet, very much into the glam rock stuff. And then Kiss, and then sort of, you know, 76, 77. Was lucky enough to be, you know, I had a, a mate who had an older sister going to uni in Sydney, and, and she was um, introduced to me and her younger brother, into the punk rock scene, like Birdman, Saints, Pistols, Ramones, all that stuff sort of came flooding through at a very, as a very young, you know, I was probably 15, 16 then. So that was, once I realised that, that you didn't have to be able to play anything, uh, that's when I first bought me uh, first bass and used to just start writing my own songs because I realised if you're a punk rocker, you didn't have to know anything. You seem to have got the formula right eventually. Yeah, eventually, yeah, there was... <laughs> Considering I was playing the wrong end of the um, tennis neck when I was doing air guitar on the tennis racket, I worked it all out for that. I've seen uh, I've seen your doco that came out uh, a year or so ago. Tell us a little bit about that, Blokes You Can Trust. How'd well, that all come about? It, it all came about with Matt Weston, who's uh, you know in, in a few a few bands and done a million film clips and you know, works in the industry. And Dean's daughter, Dean Muller's the drummer, the psycho's daughter, was doing some work with him and. Oh, I don't know how it came about, but Dean's wife, Kim, had seen... I Sort of after talking to, to them for 10 years, and, and they'd seen a few clips that from overseas and over the years I'd shown, and, and just, just, just mucking about. And they'd suggested to Matt to maybe do a, a doco on the psychos. And initially, he was not interested, and very much so me. I wasn't interested. And anyway, Matt and I got together and had a bit of a yak about stuff that, that, that the band had done over the years, and... It sort of morphed from there. But, you know, basically as a band, we didn't have much to do with the doco. That was, it's a Matt Weston film. So, you know, I talked to Matt off camera a couple of times and on camera probably three times. And that was my involvement in the in, in the whole thing. I, I thought he was wasting his time. But, you know, he saw a story in there and, and, and went for it. And, you know, it, I look... I've looked at the doco and I think he's, he's done a you know done a pretty good job. I think it's, you can tell if it's a good job if if a person who's not a Cosmic Psychos fan can watch it and enjoy it, then it's a good it's a good film with a good yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, he, he saw a story in there. I mean, I don't see a story because that's what I do. That, that's what I did, and that's what I do, and that's what the band does. And we've just motored along in our own way, and you know, kept pretty much low key. But no, look, he did a fantastic job, and it was very flattering too. The people he spoke to the the nice things they said about it. So, you know, they're all good people and, and good mates. So it was good all round. He did a good job. Um, on that 
On that note, a lot of those uh, amazing um, people and, and hugely successful performers uh, cited you as you know pretty significant influence on their uh, sound and their progression into the music scene. They've gone to meteoric stardom, and you guys have stayed relatively obscure. Doesn't that just make you a little bit green sometimes, a little bit envious? No, I think I'm the luckiest bloke in the world because you know apart from apart from a couple of them. And, and good luck to them, and I still you know, still love them like brothers that have done really well. Um, I'm still alive. Oh, yeah, and that's the I, point. I, honestly, I couldn't, and, and, and they're special because they can be full-time musos, you know, and good on them. I couldn't. I'm not a musician. I am not a musician, so it doesn't worry me, and all that fame crap does not worry me. Do you have a sort of like a split personality between Nighty Psycho, the psycho rock star, and Ross the dad and the farmer? Is, is, do you have a bit of a split personality or do you sort of meld the two things together? Well, they just all, all becomes in one piece because, it, you know, if I get the shits with something, I'll go and write a song. So it doesn't matter. It's better than and yelling or, you know, stuff like that. So no, it's all, all the one all the one deal. Just pretty relaxed about everything. I mean, um, even when I'm... You know, out with the band or overseas or stuff, I'm still 90 the farmer and I miss my kids. You've sort of worked and, and done the whole thing of touring the world and lived in all these uh, pretty fancy places all around the place. Are you still really just a total country boy at heart? Oh, or yeah. have you become a bit cosmopolitan with all this travel? Nah, nah. Look, I love going overseas. It's fantastic. And we've got a great European tour lined up this year, which will be awesome. But the best place in the world is my home. And that's it, family and home. Well, that's a very wholesome uh, wholesome attitude for a uh, punk rock megastar to have there, uh, Ross Knight. Well, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, you you can sit in your shed and have a quiet beer with me. I can have a quiet beer with me, not with my, my boys, I'm not old enough to drink, but I can have a quiet beer with my own or my partner or sit down and talk to me dog. And there's not too many people that go flying around the world can just have that time out. But nice long driveway. Love it. <laughs> what do your neighbours make of... I mean, they must be pretty used to it now, by, I suppose, by this time, but what are they? what's the sort of general reaction around the around the traps there at your local area? Look, honestly, they probably don't... Half of them sort of... It's been going on for so long that the people that are still around just go, oh, he just plays in the band, but it doesn't interest them at all. And, and you know, their business doesn't interest me, so we just we, we respectfully and quietly mind our own business which is great. And that's what happens when you, you live two kilometres off the main road. That's what you do. It's great. Do you ever feel like sometimes when you're out on tour and all that sort of stuff, that uh, especially if you're out with, say, younger bands, that there's some kind of uh, expectation that uh, you have some kind of you know image to live up to when you're out and about? Nah, nah. But look, no, I tried. I, I used to maybe feel that, or probably not just used to go out like a young bloke and act like a twit. But no, nah. look, I'm 54 now, and there's no way I'm not going to go toe-to-toe with anyone. I just do my own thing, and, you know, if, 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 they, if they want to stay up and watch the sun come up, well, that's fine, but I also like to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning on tour and crack a beer, and that doesn't appeal to them, but it does to me. So, you know, nah, no, it's not a race, it's not a competition. I just have fun. It's me, it's, it's me time off. I've often wondered when I've heard some of your early stuff if there's... Uh sort of content that you would have stuck in there as a young a young rebellious bloke that you look back on now with your experience and think, well, I don't quite have the same sentiment now that I had then, but that was a snapshot of how I, how I was. Do you have sort of a, a bit of a dissonance between what was then and what is now in terms of your life experience and your opinions about things? 
No, not really. I mean, it depends how you interpret the lyrics. But no, everything everything I've ever written is mostly about being pissed off, or you know, I've got I've got a gripe with something, and I might or something that's happened, and you know, you wouldn't believe it, but I actually write about things that piss me off around the world. But I put it in a very domesticated, simple form. But I don't think there's one thing I've written ever that I would turn back and go, oh, wouldn't, I don't believe in that, because there's nothing political in anything I've said, and everything's done either tongue-in-cheek or it's a parody of itself. So I can't think of, I don't know, how many songs I've done, but there's, no, there's nothing I'd sort of look at differently now. Well, you've certainly got a, a, I don't know how many albums, I was looking at the list, there's probably about eight or ten albums you've got over the years, and they seem to be spaced at four or five-year intervals as well. Are you um, planning to bring more music out, do you reckon, more original stuff? Are you constantly writing? Yeah, constantly writing. If I, if I just write the stuff down, I'd, there would have been about 20 albums, but I'd come up with all this stuff and write them down on a bit of paper and forget it. But no, we're going to do, we're after Europe this year, and then we'll probably take about six months off. We're probably going to do another, we'll record again, and we'll probably actually take a bit more time about it than the last one because the last one we just organised the recording and then when everything got set up we went and wrote the songs in about half an hour and then recorded so we didn't have much in the bank <laughs> it's kind of obvious but we just wanted to do that anyway well it's a pretty entertaining album you have to give it that well you'll give it entertaining and be a soaked and that was about <laughs> but that was a, it was what we wanted to do and we just thought well we'll just turn up and do it all right, well, that sounds fantastic. We're really, uh, I'm really looking forward to coming to your show down at Silky Lounge. When the manager told me he was trying to get you guys, I thought, yeah, they'll never get the Cosmic Psychos all the way up here in the hills. But it looks like he succeeded. No, it's all right. As I said, I've got a couple of mates live up there. And it's, look, it's good to get out of the inner city. I mean, I don't, I don't hang around in town at all now. So that the more places we can play, the better. Because there's a really good, you know, being musically isolated all my life where I live, I like going places where, I mean, bloody hell, it, it takes me longer to drive, you know, from, from Melbourne out to there, I guess, than what it takes to get to my farm. So, you know, people just go, oh, Melbourne. Well, you know, it's a bit more than the inner city, so it's good good to get out. A lot of people, especially my age, that may have gone out in the old days, it gives them a chance to just go, you know what, kids have left home, we'll go and get pissed. Yep, well, <laughs> count me in there. You've got uh, a, a date in Bendigo as well and uh, something in Footscray, and I think you're playing at the Tote as well, aren't you? Apparently. They don't tell me much nowadays. They just, they just wait till the last minute to surprise me. It's a pleasant surprise, I'm sure. Yeah, look, it's always good fun. Always good. Look, I always love getting up there with Macca and Dean and having a good time and catching up with mates. It's great fun. All right, well, look, I'll round up. Thanks very much for uh, talking, coming out so late at night to have a discussion after uh, waking up nice and early this morning. Yeah, mate, I'd left, that, I'd left that far hours before you rang. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I said, I said to my friend, oh, he's probably out milking the cows. <laughs> no, I gave that up as a teenager. It's so much easier to buy a litre of milk, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why you'd bother milking a cow when you can get it for a dollar a litre. That's what I used to tell my old man when he'd send me up there at bloody 6 o'clock in the morning and then again at 5 o'clock at 6 o'clock at night. I think you can just buy the stuff. <laughs> Thanks very much for talking and I look forward to seeing you at Sookie Lounge. Mate, don't worry about that. And when, when you turn up there, make yourself known to me and we'll sit down and have a beer. I'll be the incredibly handsome-looking guy. Oh, well, you can't miss me because I'm the real handsome bass player. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I'll, uh, I'll sign off. Thanks again. I will make myself known and uh, give you a wave and we can sit down and have a beer by all means. Mate, that'll be great. All right. Thanks, Ross. Okay, cheers, Cheers mate. then. Bye. Bye.